What's up guys? I'm Cassie. I'm Sarah. And today we're talking about the mass killings at the Villisca Axe Murder House. On a quiet residential street in the small town of Villisca, Iowa, sits an old white frame house. On a dark evening, the absence of lights and sounds are the first indication to visitors that this house is different from the other homes that surround it. It is the murder house. The walls still protect the identity of the murderer or murderers who bludgeoned to death the entire family of Josiah Moore and two overnight guests on June 10, 1912. Little known to its residents was the possibility that their town was named not after a pretty place, but for the Indian word Wuliska, which means evil spirit. Long before serial killers and mass murders had become a way of life, two adults and six children were found brutally murdered in their beds in the small midwestern town of Villisca, Iowa. Lena and Ina Stillinger left their home for church early Sunday morning. Mr. Moore placed a call to the Stillinger home to ask permission for the girls to stay overnight. Blanche, who's the girl's older sister, told Mr. Moore that her parents were both outdoors, but she would pass the message along to them. The Moore family, along with Lena and Ina Stillinger, attended an annual church event on June 9th. The event ended at 9.30 p.m. and the Moore family, along with the Stillinger sisters, walked home from the church. They entered their home sometime between 9.45 and 10 p.m. The following morning, at approximately 5 a.m., Mary Peckham, who was the Moore's next-door neighbor, stepped into her yard to hang her laundry. At approximately 7 a.m., she realized that not only had the Moors not been outside, the chores they usually do in the morning have not been started either, and the house itself seemed unusually still. Between 7 and 8 a.m., Mary Peckham approached the house and knocked on the door. When she received no answer, she tried to open the door only to find it locked from the inside. After letting out the Moore's chickens, Mary placed a call to Josiah's brother, Ross Moore, which set into place one of the most mismanaged murder investigations to ever be undertaken. Upon arriving at his brother's home, Ross Moore attempted to look in a bedroom window and then knocked on the door and shouted, attempting to wake someone inside the house. When that failed, he produced his keys and found one that would open the door. Although Mrs. Peckham followed him onto the porch, she did not enter the parlor. When he opened the bedroom door, he saw two bodies on the bed and dark stains on the bedcloths. He returned immediately to the porch and told Mrs. Peckham to call the sheriff. The two bodies in the room downstairs were Lena Stillinger, age 12, and her sister Ina, age 8, who were the house guests of the Moore children. The remaining members of the Moore family were found in the upstairs bedrooms. Every person in the house had been brutally murdered, their skulls crushed as they slept. Josiah Moore, age 43, Sarah Montgomery Moore, age 39, Herman Moore, age 11, Catherine Moore, age 9, Boyd Moore, 7, and Paul Moore, 5, as well as the Stillinger sisters. Six people were murdered. Two adults, four children. That's a lot for one house, and like at one time. And two of them were house guests. Like, <sighs> what their luck. Uh, yeah, I think it was just one of those, like, wrong place, wrong time. They got home between 9.45 and 10, and then they went to bed, and then when they, well, they didn't wake up, but uh, his Mrs. brother. No, it was Mrs. Pe was it Mrs. Peckham? Peckham got there and was like, whoa, this is weird. Also, who does our laundry at 5, 6 a.m.? <laughs> Not me. That's a little weird. Yeah, and she's like, nobody's up. No, but I guess, I mean, so she went to check on her neighbors, nobody answered, called its brother, finally got in. All the windows were blocked off too, which like, yeah. obviously then someone couldn't just like peek in. So I think it was kind of almost to like 
possibly hide them longer. Mm -hmm. you know I mean, so no one could just like peep. I in the think windows. that's what it is. Like they covered yeah. the windows with something. Once the murders were discovered, news traveled quickly in the small town. The only known facts regarding the scene of the crime were eight people had been bludgeoned to death, presumably with an axe left at the crime scene. It appeared all had been asleep at the time of the murders. Doctors estimated time of deaths as somewhere shortly after midnight. Curtains were drawn on all the windows in the house except two, which did not have curtains. Those windows were covered with clothing belonging to the Moors. All of the victims' faces were covered with the bedcloths after they were killed. The axe was found in the room occupied by the Stillinger girls. It was bloody, but an attempt had been made to wipe it off. The axe belonged to Josiah Moore. The ceilings in the parents' bedroom and the children's room showed gouge marks apparently made by the upswinging of the axe. The doors were all locked. The bodies of Lena and Ina Stillinger were found in the downstairs bedroom off the parlor. Ina was sleeping closest to the wall with Lena on her right side. A gray coat covered her face. Lena, according to the inquest testimony of Dr. Williams, lay as though she had kicked one foot out of her bed sideways, with one hand up under the pillow on her right side half sideways, not clear over but just a little. Apparently she had been struck in the head and squirmed down in the bed, perhaps one third of the way. Lena's nightgown was slid up and she was wearing no undergarments. There was a blood stain on the inside of her right knee and what the doctors assumed was a defensive wound on her arm. They were all killed and the axe was left at the crime scene. But someone like tried to wet the blood off, which like, why? <laughs> like. If you were, if you like murdered a bunch of people with an axe, like there's gonna be blood everywhere. Yeah. So, like, why would you even bother well, first yeah. trying to wipe it off? Like that's just dumb. Second of all, um, there was also like marks. I put a picture up, or I'm going to, but like on the wall above where the parents had been sleeping, there's like marks on the wall where the uh, axe came back, back and hit yeah. the back of it, which like, oh, sorry, which like tells us like he he was going hard. Yeah, he you know was. I mean, it wasn't like a little. He was bludgeoning, like, well, it's bludgeoning, like, them to I mean, death. But I could bludgeon you like this. Mm, you gotta put some force into it. Yeah, but I don't have to hit the wall. So, maybe. I feel like he was a little, maybe, like, crazed or, like, in a rush. Or he was just, like, super angry. He's, like, really, like, swinging it back and taking yeah. off his aggression out. That's maybe... Yeah. Could be a rumor. Could be a legit fact. I didn't look it up, but... There was bacon laying at the end of the cylinder girl's bed. I think I like, did see like that Like a somewhere. chunk of bacon. So I don't know. I know some people said that um, maybe he had like made himself breakfast after the fact. Or others say that he possibly used the bacon for sexual purposes because of the crime Yeah, scene. like, I think I saw that, but they didn't go... Yeah. It's, it's not confirmed. You know, like, they don't know, but mm. it's rumored that that could have been possible, too, because of also how one of the cylinder girls was laying with her, like, skirt up, even though there was no sexual assault or rape or anything present. I think I go um, into that. Yeah. Further. Um, so they're not really sure why a slab of bacon would be hanging out on the floor at the end of the bed, but... That's just like an interesting little fact. There was six people in that house. You're telling me not one, one person woke up? This is an old house too. So you're walking up the stairs, you're walking around the house, like it's probably gonna creak. You're gonna hear yeah, it. Yeah, didn't they did they kill the did we say they killed the girls first? Yeah. Or, the yeah, girls I were first. killed first downstairs and then the killer went upstairs and got the parents and then the kids so, in the car room. 
You're telling me you're killing one girl and the other one didn't wake like up. scream or anything? And scream. And then that's... And nobody else. I don't know. Like, I, that's why I think this case is so baffling people. Because, like, how did this person go in there and kill six people with no one waking up and hearing a peep? On June 11th, 1912, 14 witnesses were called to testify. The third witness to testify was Dr. Clark Cooper, who was the first physician to arrive at the scene of the crime. He said all we could see was an arm of someone sticking from under the edge of the cover with the blood on the pillows, and I went over and lifted the covers and saw what was supposed to be a body, some entire stranger, and a mere child at the back of the bed. I did not recognize them at all, neither did any of the people, and we merely saw that they were dead, and that there was only two in the bed, and then we stepped out into the parlor. When they reached the top of the stairs, a lamp sat on the floor. Horton moved the lamp out of their way, and they continued to the bedroom. The lamp was sitting at the foot of the bed in our way, so Hank set it to one side to allow us to pass. When questioned about the condition of the bodies, Cooper admitted that he did not touch the bodies. The bedding was pretty stiff at the head, the blood in the brains on the pillow had contracted as it does when killed. He estimated that the moors and cylinders had been dead for at least five to six hours. Dr. Clark Cooper, who didn't really do anything, he just looked at them. Yeah, so I feel like they couldn't do much. Well, this was like a small town, so mm -hmm. everybody knows everybody, everybody right? Yep. But this doctor, Dr. Cooper, is saying that when he went in there, none of them could recognize who these people were because of how mutilated basically yeah from the axe and stuff so i think that like says a lot on how like this person who came in and killed them didn't just like hit them a couple times to kill them like they, went full out yeah. like completely Psycho unrecognizable yeah killer um but then he goes on to say that they had been dead for like five to six hours before anyone saw them so he, they probably were killed at like what midnight ish so, yeah like as soon as they like laid their head down yeah so they came home at like 10 probably died around midnight so that's like so what someone was not and the doors were locked so how did the person get in and how did the person get out was the person already inside the, the yeah, house they either they either had to be inside of the house or yeah because maybe he was in or the person they was, know somebody with a key I, maybe i don't know like, maybe this person was, like, hiding inside the house. The family came home and didn't think anything of it because they had so mm -hmm. much going on with, like, the kids staying over. Yeah. So they are just like, oh, maybe we just forgot to lock the door. And then they went to bed, and, like, a couple hours later, then the person comes out of hiding and kills everybody, which mm -hmm. I still think is crazy. Like, you're telling me this person, like, had to walk through the house. Yeah. Before he even started killing. I don't know. That just, like... That makes my skin crawl. The fact that this person was probably just hiding out in the house for a couple like in a, hours. Like a closet somewhere? Yeah, well, there's the attic part that I oh, guess, like, yeah. was, like, hidden and they could, like, creep out of. Mm -mm. No, that freaks me right out. Dr. Williams, another physician on the scene, upon seeing the girls when entering the home, said, I thought the girl looked familiar, but she was so mutilated that I wasn't able to identify her at the time. When he was questioned about the possibility of sexual assault on any of the victims, he responded to the negative. I looked to see if there was any possible, might have been, attempted intercourse or rape or something, but I did not notice any. After testifying that he found no footprints at the scene, Williams was excused. 
Reverend George Kelly was described as peculiar and reportedly suffered a mental breakdown as an adolescent. As an adult, he was accused of peeping and several times asking young women and girls to pose nude for him. On June 8, 1912, he came to Villisca to teach at the Children's Day Services, which the Moore family attended on June 9, 1912. He left town between 5 a.m. and 5.30 a.m. on June 10, 1912, hours before the bodies were discovered. In weeks that followed, he displayed a fascination with the case and wrote many letters to the police, investigators, and family of the deceased. This caused suspicion and a private investigator wrote back to Reverend Kelly asking for details that the minister might know about the murders. Kelly replied with great detail, claiming to have heard sounds and possibly witnessed the murders. His known mental illness made authorities question whether he knew the details because of having committed the murders or was imagining his account. In 1917, he was arrested for the Villisca murders. Police obtained a confession from him, however, it followed many hours of interrogation and Kelly later recanted. After two separate trials, he was acquitted. There existed a strong possibility that a serial killer was actually at work in Wilkinson's case against Mansfield, who was another suspect, actually suggested the same. M.W. McClary, a federal officer assigned to the Villisca case, actually announced in May of 1913 that he had solved not only the Villisca murders, but 22 others that had been committed in the Midwest around the same time frame. McClary's theory was that Henry Moore, no relation to Josiah Moore, was the serial killer responsible for all of the crimes. Henry Moore was actually convicted of the murders of his mother and maternal grandmother in Columbia, Missouri just months after the murders in Villisca. Moore's family members were killed just as brutally as the victims in Villisca and his weapon of choice was an axe. Suspects. Suspects. This, so, this Kelly dude. Reverend George Kelly. Kelly. What a man. Um, he's a little weirdo. A bit of a weirdo. Um, you probably definitely like those youth groups. Oh, for sure. Like, <laughs> so he confessed to... The murders. Well, not murder. only that, but even before that, he was... Oh, no, he was accused of peeping and asking young women to pose, pose for, for him. So already, like, puts him on the radar because there was, like, what, four children in the home, at least. Um, and then, like... He goes on, like, so he had a lot of, like, mental problems mm -hmm. and, like, mental health issues. Um, yeah, and then he, like, just was like, yeah, I did it. And then two years later, recanted. Why? <laughs> Why would you confess to this murder, like, if you didn't do it? I know in some cases, like, in some mental illnesses, like, you, like, these yeah. sick people want, like, the like, attention. Yeah. And want to be, like, known as something. Mm -hmm. So maybe he thought, oh, like, this is my ticket for whatever you know he's like people are gonna know me for a long time yeah. like this is my ticket to fame or something yeah so maybe that was his thought and i mean he probably knew where the moors lived because he lived in town yeah he was familiar with the family familiar with the cylinders if he went to the church and stuff like that so i think that he's a good suspect but we also have another one so this was like a guy who had been um Suspected of murdering a bunch of people throughout the Midwest, yeah. I think. And um, this one officer was like, solved the case. You know, he also murdered other people. The through, same, yeah, the in same like, way. yeah, the same way. Like the cloth, like his other victims, I guess, had like the cloth over their face, like the windows yeah. covered by. Same type of deal. So, so they were thinking like maybe it was him because a lot of 
the stuff were similar. But there was also another one that we didn't put in here. I don't think it was Mansfield, but it was like a hobo. Mm -hmm. um, I think we had it in at one point. But it was like some, they said that maybe someone on the train came into town, killed him, and then and left, left on the train like as soon as he was done. So I feel like that's another good possibility. I think like this video is super, super interesting. I think that someone definitely came into the house, broke mm -hmm. into the house before they got there, hid out somewhere in the house, um, and then like stayed there until they like fell asleep or like whatever I, and then came out. Yeah, I feel like that's like the only logical yeah. thing because they would have heard someone coming through the front door. Yeah, if especially the if the doors were locked. Yeah, for sure. I mean, we can't say that that's definitely what happened, but I think that's probably the most likely. Log I feel like it's the most logical yeah. that somebody was hiding in there. Yeah, and then I also think it's strange, though, that this person walked through the entire house and no one heard him. I don't know. Like, I just think that's really weird. There are six people in the house and not They one. must be really good sleepers, like deep sleepers. I guess, but, like, most of them, obviously, because it was a long time ago, like, they stayed in the same bed. Like, so the mm -hmm. Stillinger sisters slept in the same bed. Obviously, the parents in the same bed. And I think the more children stayed in the same bed because they only had a couple. But, like, I, like you said earlier in the video, I think it's weird that when they're, the person was murdering one person, the other one would wake up. Yeah. So you're saying that when the man or the person was murdering the father or the mother, the other one didn't wake up? You know what I mean? Because the whole bed would be moving with the force yeah. of that. Yeah, and, like, there's definitely some noise. Like, not just the bed, but, like, maybe, like... The, the your sound. Sc your yeah. skull getting crushed to death by an axe. And if someone had screamed, like if someone had woken up and screamed because of this, like You're someone not else in the house would have woken up. I know like with my mom, she said like once she had kids, she became like a super light sleeper. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm just like, this lady's a mother. Like, that's like what my mind is thinking. Wouldn't you think she'd be like a super light sleeper in case her children... Like wake up and need something? Yeah, yeah like maybe that's not for... Uh, every woman that like has children yeah. for a lot though it is i don't know i just think it's really i think that's what makes this case so interesting is like people don't really, really know, know why no one woke up or like how the person got in the house um and then as for suspects i definitely i'm leaning towards reverend george oh, kelly because he's a little a hundred percent but I also think it's weird that he just confessed, you know, and then, and then recanted. took it back. Yeah, yeah, so maybe it was someone who just came into town, like Mansfield or the hobo or whatever who rode the train, called him and left. Yeah. This is a hard one. The Reverend just, it's like he's got like the creepy vibe. Yeah, he, but he also has the perfect setup for this. You know mm -hmm. what I mean? So that makes it almost like, mm, it's like, who's going to suspect a Reverend? And this is a, a very interesting mm -hmm. case. If you guys like this video, make sure that you leave a comment or let us know what's going on, what you think happened. Mm -hmm. um, if you like the story, any other stories that you guys want to hear about, we would love to do. If you guys like this podcast about the Villisca Axe Murder House, make sure you go check out our other podcasts because we talk about all things spooky. We will see you guys next week. Peace! <laughs>